Well, hello everybody. This is your favourite pastor back online again. I don't know. I must be favourite because I keep saying it, don't I? You know, at the end of the day, I've got nowhere else to go. I've just got to sit here and talk to you because I love you all. But you know, mm. today we've got we've got um, Pastor Solomon back in in the studio with us, and we're looking at something that just might go in line with Galatians four. In verses four to six, mm. it's entitled "In the Fullness of Time." Mm. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Mm. Fullness of time, um, and another translation puts it, "When the time was right." Mm. And it was a time then when when people had, you know, thought things were, were forgotten and, and couldn't go forward. But I think we're going to hear a message today that will really encourage you differently. When the time is right, God has got everything in his control. From every disaster, there are always new things arise. So... It's over to you, Solomon. I mean, I'm so looking forward to this this morning. Yes, praise God. Praise God, dear, dear listeners and, and those of us that are connected um, this hour. I believe that um, just as Pastor Ari said, it is we are in very unprecedented uh, times and people are trying to reinvent themselves and find and hear the voice of God and know exactly what God wants them to do. And just as um, she read, Jesus was born in a time and an age where um, things were so dull and not so promising, when the voice of God was no longer heard, when people were so distant uh, from, from, from God. And, and even when he was born, I mean, the young babies at that time were also meant to be killed. And so it, it looks very similar to the situation that we have now, that um, we have situations where people are threatened in, in, in relation to their health, in relation to their jobs, their professions and ministry. And so um, this hour, we just want to spend some time and, and look at a scripture. It's a scripture that uh, we are familiar with. It's a story that we are aware of it. But I've, I've captioned it, how to handle your Moses, how to handle your Moses. And I will explain what the Moses represents as we go on. So let's read from Exodus chapter 2, 1 to 9. Exodus chapter 2, 1 to 9, it says, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, he hid him for three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bull's rushes, and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flax of the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flax, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said the sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nest it for me, and I'll give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nested. Amen. And that's the reading of God's word. This was um, uh, about a couple of years ago. I did and some ministries on this. So there's, it's so much condensed. But we want to see how God will speak to us. Because uh, the Lord just laid upon my heart for, for us to share this. Amen. And so looking at the scripture back again. It says that there was a man in the house of Levi. And that man got married to a woman from the house and from the tribe of Levites. 
but let's appreciate this. Moses, as I said, the title is How to Handle Your Moses. Moses is a symbol of hope because he was born in a time that the people of Israel were in slavery. They were not necessarily in joyful times. They were struggling. They were being oppressed and they were, they were being suppressed by their masters in the form of the Egyptian, Egyptians. And so Moses is a symbol of hope. Moses is also a symbol of a vision. It is symbolic of a project. It is symbolic of marriage. It is symbolic of ministry. It can be a symbol of business. Moses is a symbol of what is born at a time when everything is dying. So at a time where people are losing their jobs, at a time where people are losing their businesses, at a time where people are losing their capital, then God gives the opportunity for the people of Israel to be redeemed again. And so whoever is listening to us, the Lord has given us an opportunity Post and during this COVID, the law says that I'm giving you a Moses. I'm giving you a Moses that is going to take you out of captivity. A Moses that is going to take us out of slavery. But we need to know how to deal with this Moses. In fact, we need to know how to conceive this Moses to start off with. Because God has already given the provision. And we need to know how to conceive this Moses and how to handle this Moses. And so we're going to go to the passage and see some few principles there. So the first principle was the conception of Moses. So I want us to think of the conception of Moses as a conception of your project, as a conception of your ministry, as a conception of your business, as a conception of your marriage. Everything that you desire for and wish remotely within your heart, that I wish this becomes a reality. That is a Moses. But Moses was not just conceived. But there's a few principles that I want us to um, um, uh, uh, take note. It says, and there went a man. There was a man and a woman all from the tribe of Levi. And the tribe of Levi were the tribe that were priests. There were there were yeah, there were uh, people who served in the temple, and so there were a unique group of family that had the same set of principles. But this is what happened. The Bible says that he took a wife out of the Levite family, and then they conceived and had a child. They conceived and had Moses. Now let's appreciate this. You can never conceive or deliver a vision outside intimacy so you can never conceive a vision a dream aspiration a prosper a prosperous and successful marriage or project outside intimacy and so the bible says that out of that intimacy between a um, levite a man and a levite woman came out that vision came out of moses and so let's appreciate this out of intimacy there was born that vision. So God wants us to understand that if we're going to birth any vision that will last, that we should come to a place of intimacy with him. Now let's talk about what was the nature of the intimacy. Both parents, as I said, came from the house of labor. It means that they came from the priestly roots. So it means that they were like-minded they had a similar belief system. They had a, a, a similar culture. And so they had that kind of mind that will cause them to have a kind of a generation that will bear the same belief system. Now, the reason why we are not giving birth to this kind of vision is the fact that we are not in the right relationships. Our relationships would determine our Moses our level of intimacy with whom we establish with would determine the vision that we come up with. So in this case, it was a relationship that was birthed out of two Levites getting married. And in fact, the Bible was saying with emphasis that they were married. They were married. It was a husband and a wife. That is to say that there was a holy union. And out of that holy union, came Moses. You cannot give birth to anything lasting 
outside a holy union or intimacy with God. And so what we are saying to start off with is that for us to give birth to a vision that will stay, God is calling us to a place of intimacy and a place of holy union with his spirit, a place of purity, a place of yearning and seeking the face of God, because out of it will come that vision. And so if you are believing God to restart your business, to restart your ministry, those of us hearing us, this is what God wants us to do. We cannot give birth to a Moses. We cannot give birth to a vision until we come to a place of intimacy. There's a lot of destruction going on, but God is calling us this day that come and spend time in my presence, spend time in my glory, spend time in my face. And out of it, as a minister, as a businessman, as a husband, as a wife, I'm going to give you a vision that will restart our lives again, even in these difficult times. And so we can never give birth to anything of a lasting impact or effect until we come to a place of intimacy with God. Now, many visions and many ministries and businesses have been birthed out of impure motives on holy premises. I want to start up this business. I want to start up this uh, ministry because I want to be popular, because I want to be famous, because I want money, because I want a prestigious kind of reputation among the community. If that is what your vision is coming out of, then it's not coming out of a holy communion. It is not coming from a pure motive. It says, up to this point, you have not received anything from me because you have asked it out of impure motive. And so God is saying that our visions, our businesses, just as we believe to start the year 2021 and started well, should come out of pure and holy motives. Because if the motives are not right, time will tell. And as we can see in the story, time told the story as to whether Moses had come to stay and to be a source of salvation unto the people of Israel, the time told it. And so if our motives are not right, and we are giving birth to visions as ministers, giving birth to ministries, giving birth to businesses as businessmen out of impure motive, then time will tell it. We will not be able to make a lasting impact out of that vision. Amen. Now, it says that he conceived a child and then gave birth to a child. Now, what God is saying to us is that we need to check our relationships. We need to check our unions. The truth is that you will always conceive something. That is the danger. You will always conceive something. But the question is, are you conceiving out of pure motives? Are you conceiving out of a holy union? Are you conceiving out of a pure relationship? Are you conceiving out of a pure intimacy? Or you are conceiving out of the very wrong ones? And so we check our relationship, check our union, because definitely out of it, you conceive something. Some people have conceived a thought of failure in them because the people that they are associating with them are con making them conceive that sense of failure, that you failed several times and so you cannot excel. Everything has been lost. You lost your capital. You've been evicted from your house. You've lost everything that was so dear to you. And because of that, all that you are conceiving in your spirit is that I'm going to fail. All that you have in your mind and your heart is that I'm not going to be prosperous. But I've come to encourage us this hour that God is saying, let us recheck again our relationship. Let's check our, our, our union because there's something that God wants to birth out of us. And so visions, businesses, uh, uh, marriage prospects, and, and ministries can be birthed out of this union. Now, we are still talking about how to conceive this vision. It says, what are we carrying? What are you carrying? It's a question that we are asking ourselves. Are you carrying failure? Are you carrying a vision that will reignite your life and your ministry again? and restart your marriage again. What are you carrying? 
would your conception come to full term or would you abort it? Because many things we said it from the beginning of the year 2020. This is what I've this is what I'm going to do. And then right from the beginning of the year, January, February, then the COVID showed up and every vision began to disappear. And many of us aborted our vision right in the middle of the year because we lost our sense of faith that is going to be well. And so the question is, what is the conception that you are carrying? Are you going to carry it to the full term or is it going to come into, in, into abortion? Is it going to come out prematurely? Are you able to put through a push through onto reality? Because many a times we conceive this brilliant idea. We write it on the paper. We type it on the screen. We come up with a vision statement. We come up with a business plan. And all that happens to it is that it just remains in the catalog of ideas, brilliant ideas that we've, we've come up with over the years. But I pray in the name of Jesus that we shall conceive and we shall deliver. The Bible says that she conceived and then bore a child. You need the strength. We need the strength. We need the determination and we need the faith to push it out. For some of us, we have the ideas, but we can't push it out. It has all, already, always remained as a conception. But God says that we need the faith, we need the determination to push it out. Now, let me say this. Some visions have been born prematurely, as I said, and they stand the risk of dying. They've come out before it was ready to come out. And because of that, they are dying. In the same way, Others too are carrying visions that are overdue. They've been in your spirit. They've been in your heart. You've desired to carry out that project. Times have gone past. It's been two years. It's been five years. It's been 10 years. For some of us, it's been decades. And they are still in there and they are not coming out. And so I believe that those that are hearing us in the year 2020, as it comes to an end, as we enter a new year, we believe in God that the Lord himself will cause us to give birth to any conception that is overdue. Amen. And so the Bible says, just as Pastor Ari said, in the fullness of time, in the right time, the baby came out. Now, let's see. Now, when the conception was in her, there was no problem because at least they, 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 they had the child inside and they had control over the child. Now the child is now come out and it came out at a time where the midwives were meant to be right there and to make sure that they killed every male child. That was what was going on. The, 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 the atmosphere is so hostile, it's so, it's so dangerous and serious that as soon as you think of something, then something comes up. The excuses that we are given now, is, oh, if it hadn't been COVID, I would have done this. Oh, because of COVID, I've stopped doing this. And because of what is going on, we have to wait for the right time. Many people's pregnancy, spiritual pregnancy and conception of, busy, of, of, of visions have been destroyed because of the conditions. But now the baby has come out. Now let's look at how to handle that. And so we are going to the scripture again. It says, and he gave birth to a son. Now, the first thing is that she saw that he was a special baby. She saw that he was a goodly child. That's what the King James says. Now, for us to be able to handle the vision and our Moses right, and to handle our aspirations and our projects the way that God has given unto us, this is the first principle. Look at it with the eye of faith. Now, this mother will look onto this child. That wasn't the first child. In fact, probably the third child. So it's not as if it's a mom that's never seen a child before. And that's the first child. But it means that the woman was seeing Moses with a different eye altogether. He's seen this Moses as a special child. 
you can never see your vision fulfilled. We can never see our businesses coming into reality until we see it with the eye of faith. Because for some of us, we are seen with eyes of the flesh, with the eyes of failure, with the eyes of fear. And I cannot start business at this time. Nobody really has the appetite and the taste for this type of business. But I believe that whoever is listening to us, God is calling you to a niche kind of people that you are going to thrive and survive when nobody else is thriving. Even if, if as long as you are able to look at it with the eye of faith. He says, she looked at the child and she saw something in the child. The way you look at your vision, the way you look at your business, the way you look at your ministry will determine the way you will treat it. Now, the mother would decide to treat the child in a special way because she has looked at the child Moses with the eye of faith. That's the first principle. The second one is as she looked at the child, and this is what she saw that the child was a goodly child. The child was a special child. It wasn't so much about looking at the child, but it's about what she actually saw in the child. We can't be looking at the same thing, Pastor Aris, but we can come up with different views altogether. Mm -hmm. Like we saw in the case of the spies. There were 12 of them. 10 people decided to see differently and the other two saw differently. So it's not so much about what you are looking at, but it's about what you are seeing. Are you seeing what nobody else is seeing? Because that is how God wants us to see it. We see potential. Do you see potential concerning your ministry and your marriage? Do you see potential concerning the vision that God has placed over your heart and placed in your heart? It says she looked at the child and she saw something. What are you seeing? See it with a God eye. See God-given potential. See the goodness in your vision. Because for some of us, we are not seeing any goodness in the vision. Because the way you see it would determine the way you handle it. The way you see it would determine the way you treat it. And so now let's appreciate this. It says, after looking at the child and after seeing what she was seeing in the child, now she decided to hide the child. That's the third principle. When you look at your vision, you need to see. And when you see, you need to hide. Now, she hid Moses from the vision killers. She hid Moses from people who were able to kill Moses. She hid the vision. She hid the, 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 the aspiration that she had concerning the child. But now how do we hide it? We hide it in prayer. We hide it with prayer. God has given you that vision. God has given you that aspiration. Where are you placing it? Are you hiding it in prayer? Are you showering prayer over it? Or you've taken it so trivial that you are saying it to whoever comes your way. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Instead of hiding it in prayer because they are vision killers. What does the hiding of Moses represent? Or what does it tell us? It tells us that we should allow time of reflection and prayer. We should allow time of reflection and prayer. What is it that God has placed in your heart? Just as the year finishes and we enter another year. What is God placing in your heart? God says that spend time. Time of reflection and a time of prayer. Because that's exactly what the mother of Moses did. He says, I'm going to hide this. I'm going to find a way to contain this. I'm going to find a way to reflect about what to do next. Because it was a big decision. The life of the whole family was at stake. Most probably they would have killed them if they realized that she was keeping a baby boy in the house. 
And so it was a time of reflection and a time of prayer. I pray that even as we go through the festive period, just keep your focus true and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is the vision that you have given me? I know you've given me this vision. I've written it down, but God, I want to reflect over it. I want to pray into it. I want to hide it in prayer. What does the hiding also tell us? It, uh, it, it tells us that we should allow the time of the procession of the vision. We should allow time to process the vision. So I believe that the mother of, of, of Moses will pick the child up every morning. And he said, I can see that this child is special. But I don't really know what I have to do. But for now, I'm hiding you. For now, I'm looking at the beauty and the special nature that I can see in you, but I still want to keep it. I want to process it and see what becomes of it. Many a times we rush out these visions and we begin to roll it out so quickly. We don't allow the time of processing of the vision. When did you have it? I had it yesterday. Have you prayed about it? Not really. When did you have it? I had it a year ago. Have you spent some time to fast? No, not really. I've typed it down. I, you are not processing the vision. We need to process that vision. So the time of hiding the vision or hiding Moses is a time of allowing the processing of the vision. This is the time that you identify your strengths and your weaknesses. Now, let's go back to the passage. That's exactly what happened. He says this. She hid the child for three months. And he says, and when she could not, when she could not longer hide him. What does he say? He came to a point of realizing her strength. I've done up to this point. This is what I can do. And this is what I cannot do. That is why the hiding process is important because you allow God to work on your weaknesses and you allow God to highlight your strengths. Mm -hmm. And so during that three months, she will sit back and say, how far can I take it? I think I've done enough. The Bible says she came to a point of knowing that that is how far she could take. So the time of hiding is a time of identifying your strength. So God, right, God is giving you that vision. Sit down. And then begin to reflectively document your strength and your weaknesses. Not so much about writing it down, but it's about processing it with prayer. Because it's a place, it's a time of hiding your weaknesses. Paul says that your strength is perfected in my weaknesses. It means that the grace of God overshadows the weaknesses. So just as you are reflecting that the ups and the downs concerning your family and your ministry, your projects and your business, you say, God, hide away my weaknesses. Top up my weaknesses with your grace. Perfect my weaknesses with your strength. And as you go through that process, then your vision is being processed. Your vision is being processed. You are handling the vision right. It has not come out yet. People have not seen it, but it's in the hiding process and it's in the hiding time. Know what is needed to be done. The hiding time is when you get to know what has to be done. Many of us, we don't really get to a point of knowing what has to be done. All that we do is just get out there and say, I'm just going to get started. I know that I have the, a bit of money. I've got a bit of connections. I'm going to get started. It is a time of knowing how to start it and how you have to go about it. And so he says, is he, she decided to hide the child for three months. Know what is needed to be done. Now, let's appreciate this. The Bible was very clear. You know, one thing that the Lord is placed upon my heart is the patience of looking at scriptures. Because many a times we just rush it and we miss a lot of things. Because there are a lot of things in the scriptures that we can tap into when we allow ourselves. And so the scripture was very careful to say, or in fact, very detailed enough to say, that the mom of Moses hid her for three months. 
I mean, yeah, I don't know where the secular and the corporate world, uh, world got this from, but they've got a, a process called probation or introductory period. And when you get into these jobs, it is roughly around three to six months. And during this period, what happens is that the employee gets enhanced job rights. And so during that period, the employee builds that, 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 that right to, to get whatever she or he is entitled to in the business. And in the same way, spiritually also, there's a process in which we go through of processing the vision. And so it was not just a matter of just staying indoors with the child. But it was a process of probation. It was a process of introduction. It was a process of thinking about what God is allowing her to do, knowing her strength and her weaknesses and what she needed to do. Burying and hiding, sorry, hiding that baby in the form of Moses through reflection and prayer. Hallelujah. Pastor Aris, you want to make a comment? No, I'm just listening because um, it's very valuable information. Yeah. It also goes with, with this first I opened up with it that um, came into my hands. It's amazing. Praise go. God. Praise God. Praise God. And so it's something that we ought to do to be able to see the vision of God fulfilled. Don't skip this process. Don't skip this process. And so, so far, what we've said is that to handle the vision, we have to look at it with the eye of faith. To handle the vision well, we should be able to see what nobody else is seeing. See the God potential in it. See the goodness in the vision. And then the third one, hide the vision. How do you hide it? Hide it through a time of reflection and prayer. Hide you, how do you hide it? Hide it allowing the time of processing of the vision. And during this time, what happens is that we identify our strengths and we identify our weaknesses. That is the time that we know what we ought to do. And so that is the time that we have enhanced um, rights over the vision. Don't skip the spiritual process. It's a spiritual process. Now, what else did the mother do? After hiding for three months, she realized her strength and her weaknesses. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket and made, um, made with um, ball rushes, ball rushes. The Bible says that he covered it with ball rushes and dubbed it with slime and with pitch. And this is exactly what she did. She made sure that the basket was waterproof. And she filled out every holes and gaps in it by using tar and pitch. And this was what she was doing and as a matter of a spiritual principle. She ensured that the basket will float and not sink. She ensured that the basket will float such that when she placed the child in it, and to obey the law of flotation. Ensure that you are able to float and not to sink with the weight of the vision. One of the things that we fail to recognize that every vision comes with a weight. If you've never been burdened with a God-given vision, you will not understand this. If you've never been burdened with a sound business concept, you will not understand it. It comes in a form of a weight. And many people are crushed just by the virtue of the weight of the vision. They become, um, they are not responding to the vision. They cannot work with the vision. When you talk to them, you can tell from how they speak that there's something in their spirit. But the weight of the vision has caused them to sink. They are not able to float. Because we are meant to float with the vision and not to sink with the weight of the vision. So what she did was she blocked off any doubt and unbelief. Because one of the things that make you sink with your vision is that you doubt it. This is too big to be, uh, to, to, to be a reality. This is so good to be true. 
this cannot be fulfilled. And when you begin to doubt, it's as if Moses' mom placed Moses in the basket that had not been plucked and made sure that is waterproof. And so he, and she, she blocked off any doubt. She blocked off any unbelief. How do we do this in a very practical way? Fill your mind with scriptures that will keep you going. Fill your mind with scriptures. God, this is what you've told me I'm going to do. This is the vision that I have in my heart. This is what I want to establish in, in, in terms of ministry. Fill your mind with scriptures. That is how you block it out. And so the tar and the pitch are scriptures. You are blocking it. Keeping fear away. You are meditating on the scriptures. Thinking about the scriptures. By so doing, you will float and not sink by the weight of the vision. Because the vision can cause you to sink and never to rise. But I pray in the name of Jesus, whoever is listening to us this hour, I pray that you will never sink with your vision, but you shall float and travel far with the vision. Acquire and utilize all available resources. These were very domestic tools that she was using. She wasn't so um, uh, flamboyant and so um, um, uh, privileged to have so many things to deal with. All she had was a basket. And those, tie, those days, as they were as slaves, tar was also available to them. At least they had tar, they had slime, they had straw. These were the things that they worked with. And so she utilized everything that she had. And so acquire and utilize all available resources. Make sure that you covered everything. I have this skill, I have this certification, I have this investment, I have this tool, I have that. Gather all them, them all together. There's a way of ensuring that you are floating and not sinking because there's something that is in your house. Remember the story about a prophet and the widow. He says, what have you got in your house? He says, I don't have anything, but just a small oil. I have just a little thing. God says that little thing is enough to cause you to float and not to sink. And so that's exactly what she, uh, she did. And so the instruction is look around you. As simple or limited they may be, just look around you. There's something around you that will enable you to handle your Moses well. Because you cannot just chuck your Moses into the river. You have to think about how you're going to make it flow. Are you going to make it not to sink? And so I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord will cause us to look around us. There are resources that we can utilize. There are resources that we can maximize to enable us, to cause us to float together with our visions. Now the principle number five. So the fourth one is ensure that you are able to float and not to sink with the weight of the vision. The second one, the Bible says she now places the baby in the basket. And what does she do? She places the baby in the basket on the river Nile. So she was lunching out in faith. Lunch out in faith. Just lunch it out. I mean, how do you put that child in that river? It's, 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 just, it's just a matter of faith. Lunch out in the faith. Lunch out with faith. You know, the interesting things about the lunching out is when the emotions are all over the place. It can be the most emotional times in your life. You are flooded with all kinds of emotions. I believe that the mother of Moses was placing Moses on the river with all emotions all over the place. I'm not there. But I could imagine, most likely, she will share a tear. Mm -hmm. I could imagine that most likely she's thinking that this is the last time I'm going to see my child. Most likely, she was also thinking that hopefully somebody finds this child. And then it was probably thinking, hey, how far is my child going to go? Because River Nile, as we know, 
goes even outside Egypt. And so that is where the emotions are so intense when it comes to launching out. That is where the fears are coming in. When, when we have a mixture of faith and fear mixed together and we are all over the place. But this is the time that we should launch out in faith. The mother of Moses just placed Moses in the basket and launched him out. Be willing to take risk after you have prayed and fed your mind and heart with God's word. Taking risk doesn't just mean that you just decide to do anything you want, but taking a risk in faith is taking a risk after you have prayed and you have fed your mind and you have fed your heart with the word of God. Leave your Moses in the hands of God. After you've done that, just leave your Moses. Just get started with the business. I believe that in the year 2021, the church is going to take a different form. The church is going to go through a transformation. Mm. And the reason for the transformation is that God is going to present himself in a way that the nations have not seen before. And for the Lord to present himself in that way, he needs the church to be transformed. In the same way, I believe prophetically that in the year 2021, the Lord is going to lift up some remnants who are ready to go through this principle of saying, God, I'm launching out in faith. I'm going to believe you for the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And the power of God is going to be exhibited in our lives. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Leave your Moses in the hand of God. I say it again with emphasis. Let your Moses go. I say it again from another angle. You have to let it go. I say it with emphasis. You must let it go. Because unless Moses goes, it will not be fulfilled. Never. You will never see it. For some of us, we've got our Moses. We've managed to even, we've done the basket bit. We've done everything. But we are not ready to emotionally go through the process of launching it out. Amen. businesses and ministries are going to be launched out in the year 2021 fresh ones Amen. that are new that people have no idea that such a business existed such a ministry existed i'm just going to say a rush just um, I, I said is a ministry so i can't finish it i'm just going to say a couple of points and then we finish now when she plays baby moses in the basket and left it on the river. This one thing that she did, she sent with the basket, the sister of Moses together. And the Bible says that she will look from afar, watching what will happen to him. She had interest. She was concerned. She cared. Such people are needed when it comes to handling our Moses. All that it means in the sixth principle is that only keep a watchful eye of prayer. Miriam was a symbol of prayer. She was the eye of intercession. So she was looking out for. So when you launch out, you don't just leave it. You back it up with prayer. Now you begin to pray, God, I've started a ministry. God, I've started a business. Now I'm believing you. I'm not just, I'm, I'm not working in fear. I believe you. But what I'm doing is that I'm keeping an eye of intercession on, on the work, on the ministry. I'm keeping out on you. And we know exactly what Miriam did when the boy G, uh, Moses was found. When, when Moses was found, he says, I know. Can I get you somebody? That, that is the eye of intercession. They are always there. I'll get you somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to help. I'm, I'm willing to help. And there are people like that. Find such people. Don't relax at this point. Keep on praying. Involve trusted and caring people who pray with you and for you concerning the vision. And so Miriam, uh, the, the sister of Moses, acted as an eye of intercession. She cared. She was a trusted eye. That's why the mother placed her there. A trusted eye who had the interest of the vision at heart. 
For some of us, the way we are handling our vision is that we have trusted people that we are not meant to trust. We place people that we think are praying for us, but rather they are wishing that everything fails completely. And we call them trusted people. No, we are not handling the vision right. We should find people who are passionate, are, can be trusted and caring about our businesses, about our marriages, about our, our ministry, people that will pray with us and stand through with us. She was raising, raising everything, standing in the river. Now the last principle, the seventh one, watch out for the daughters of Pharaoh. Watch out for the daughters of Pharaoh. Who are the daughters of Pharaoh? Daughters of Pharaoh are helpers of your vision. Who are the daughters of Pharaoh? The daughters of Pharaoh are the financiers. Who are the daughters of Pharaohs? Daughters of Pharaohs are the contacts. Who are the daughters of Pharaohs? Daughters of Pharaoh are the promoters. So watch out for dead people because God is going to bring those people in your life. Helpers, financiers, contacts, promoters of your vision. Watch out for them. But the thing is that they only come to the scene after you've launched out. You will never see them before you launch out. You only see them when you launch out. Not before, after. Amen. So watch out for the daughters of Pharaoh because they give you the opportunities and they give you the exposure. I'll leave the rest for another time. But God bless you for listening to us. I just want us to have a word of prayer before I hand it over uh, to Pastor Aris. Father God, in the name of Jesus, even in this trying times where people are losing lives and businesses and their careers, you have made us to give birth to our Moses. Father, through a place and, and a point of intimacy, we have conceived a vision. And Father, in the name of Jesus, even as the year fades out and we enter another year, Father, cause us in the year 2021 to give birth to a Moses and teach us how to handle this Moses. I declare in the name of Jesus that these principles will reside in our hearts and our minds and will cause us to see the realization of that thing that we've carried all this while. Every overdue vision, we pray in the name of Jesus that it shall be built in the year 2021 in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray in the daughters of Pharaoh. We pray in, oh God, the eyes of intercessory in the name of Jesus into our life. And we allow ourselves the process of hiding. And Father, we pray that we shall see it fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Pastor Aris. Oh, Amen. wow. Wow. Do you know, coming from a network marketing background all of my life, I've been self-employed. That is the sort of teaching I really miss now Please that I'm retired. So much Please so, God. so much so, Solomon, that you know I have a vision also. And, and, and I've been doing just as you've been saying. And hmm. yeah, I want to encourage other people out there. There are times hmm. when you think, well, maybe this isn't for me. But hmm. you, you just got to go on and press through. And my vision now has been running for almost three years. And yet, bit by bit, God has opened a door for the next part. And mm. if you don't step out, I promise you, as Solomon has already prophesied, you mm. will not meet those people who are the gateway and part of your vision to mm. make it possible to, to, to take it forward. Mm. And it doesn't matter how big the vision is, the bigger the better. Mm. And, you know, even on Tuesday, Solomon, I've, I've actually got a seminar booked um, with some highly motivational people Praise God. who are talking similarly. And I want to find out more because my vision is that because out of every bad situation mm. has come new opportunity. And I've always believed that I couldn't have, I couldn't have been an entrepreneur style person if I didn't. Because mm. now we're seeing a really bad situation and good is mm. going to come out of it. 
new mm. ideas, fresh ideas. We have to be ready and we have to start to do and put into practice those things that we've heard about today. I am so excited. And I'm going to be listening to this on Tuesday from a professional style point of view, from a working style point of view. And I'm going into something that I know in my heart will work. So it's, it's finding that connection and it's finding out more about what is going to work in, in, in for my vision because it's already moving forward and it has not gone in the way that I thought it would go. COVID interrupted it, but God didn't let it go. He's taken it in a different way. Praise God. So far, we've reached over 25,000 people in the Joshua generation. They're prime for, for learning how to, 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 to go for income one way or another, but honestly, and in, in that connection, I found somebody else who belonged to a church who had expanded from 79 churches to 150 churches during this hmm. COVID year with a database of over 2 million people. And I'm saying to God, I don't have any contacts left. Hmm. I left them all behind. Pharaoh's daughters. The daughters of Pharaoh. people. If God can show you those sort of figures, let me tell you, there are people in there that have got room to grow Praise your God. business as well. Amen. 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 Well, we, you know, we're, we're a little bit over time today, but that was so exciting. It was well worth it. Praise God. And you know, we just need you to write back in and tell us, the ones that are listening, tell us how we can help you move forward. Tell us your mm. ideas and your visions. And get hold of me, if you like, which mm. is iriswhite48 at gmail.com. And mm. I'll pass your messages over to Solomon. But I know that there's a website that Solomon's got as well. So, mm. Solomon, do you Toda want tap. that information? Yeah, it's todatap.org. Todatap.org. And um, you can get to me the email todatapnacle at gmail.com. Or just go to the website todatap.org and you get in touch with me. So, toda, T-O-W-D-A. T-O-W-D-A and T-A-B, todatap. T-O-W-D-A. H. H. And then T-A-B. D-A-B. Is there a hyphen in that? No, it's just one word, to the tab. That is That sounds really good. And an easy one to remember. And in yeah. the meantime, we've got on our website, we've got our podcast up and running, and you'll be able to recap on this message as often as you like for free. Well, it's time for us to go, Solomon, isn't it? And it's such a shame. Yeah. <laughs> so bye-bye, everybody. But we will see you soon. And I'm sure Solomon is going to be back. Bye-bye. God bless you. Bye-bye.